This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. And today I'm joined with Ian LeWinter, who is the main guy behind Film.io, which is the most powerful decentralized filmmaking ecosystem. Big mouthful there. But essentially it's nfts blockchain cryptocurrency space mixed with the hollywood side of film so he combines blockchain and decentralization with the film industry ian thanks so much for being a guest on the show thanks for having me michael so we were having a quick chat about the way the world was going just before we hit record and i'd be really curious as to why you started bringing the Web3 space into film when from the outside looking in, Web3 has only really just started. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned NFTs and one of, the, one of the things I think is really interesting is if you've been looking at NFTs since 2017, you're an OG today. That's how young and old this space is already, and we're already into NFTs 2.0. When did that happen? You blinked, and all of a sudden NFTs had evolved into a in, into kind of the next level um, uh, digital asset. And things are moving very quickly, as 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 you mentioned. Um, for us, our journey started with a conversation about inclusion, equity, diversity, and equality. The, the idea that Hollywood or, or the filmmaking industry is fairly exclusive and that inclusion or opening the space up to a much bigger world and creating a set of tools that can empower people to try and bring their dreams to life could be enabled by technology. And, you know, technology has been evolving, like you said, like, like we were talking about, at kind of a warp speed pace for a long, for, for a little while now. And part of, I think, a technologist's role in the world is to be able to um, identify and leverage these changes and tools as they become available and as they gain traction. So for us, one of the, you know, let's call it cutting edge ideas of this point in history is a decentralized autonomous organization or what's referred to as a DAO. And a DAO is a different form of governance, a more inclusive, a flatter, a more equal form of governance. And for us, that represented an opportunity to lift from below and bring a more shared experience to the world. And so the first thing we said is, well, you know, with the internet, the first thing you can do is you can just make yourself open to the world. Yeah. If you have an internet access and you have a computer, you can participate. So all of a sudden you have now a global marketplace 
where everyone from anywhere with those two small little things which continue to proliferate throughout the world can participate. And then the next step would be to offer everyone who's participating the opportunity to launch a project. So in our ecosystem, once you join, anyone on the platform can launch a project. Now, there are some rules. There, there are inevitably some rules, which are when you launch a project, your project is in stealth and only you can see it. And you have to add three pieces of information minimally. You can add a lot more. There's a lot of places in the, um, uh, in the back end for the project showcase page where you can add trailers and videos and photographs and production notes and interviews and all kinds of things. But you have to have a log line, a poster, and a lookbook. And the reason we did that was a lookbook is a more advanced form of marketing tool for a movie or a television series. And we really didn't want to create a new YouTube where anybody could post anything. We wanted serious filmmakers and serious uh, series creators to put their offerings on the platform. So once you put those three pieces of content on your project page, you hit a button called submit for approval. And the only thing that we're trying to weed out are hate speech and pornography. But we don't have an opinion about what's a good project or a bad project. We leave that to the algorithm and the fans and I'll explain that in a minute. But my joke always is, I, I personally really couldn't get through the first Sharknado, but there are six Sharknados and it's a billion dollar franchise so there is absolutely a huge audience out there that loves that content. Definitely. And if what you're doing is giving the power of green light to the world fans, then you have to accept that they're going to green light what they want to see, whether you individually or I individually like it or not, which I think is the way the world should be. I think it does also speak to the idea that if, enough people like it is that one way of essentially judging whether it's valuable or not or judging whether the film should do well is based on how many people would support it but then the flip side of the coin is is it not already like that well likes are kind of if you ask me kind of part of web 2.0 and not really web 3.0 and web 3.0 we use words like governance so on our platform when you join the platform we give you some cryptocurrency what are called fan tokens and those fan tokens are the platform's governance tokens and you take those tokens and you stake those tokens to a project that you want to support, that you want to get made. And that project has to go through a series of milestones from its most base idea until it is ready for production, has built an audience around it, and has raised the funding it needs for production. 
And each time it achieves one of those milestones, you as a supporter earn more fan tokens. And the more fan tokens you have and the better reputation you have, the more governance power you have on the platform. So a like on Facebook is kind of the precursor. A like is a form of governance, but it's a very narrow, small form of governance. All I did was push one little button. It doesn't say anything about me. It doesn't allow me to interact with the project. It doesn't allow me to get like more like authority. It just says one person, one time liked one thing. What we've built is a far more nuanced and um, uh, interactive way for fans and projects to collaborate to help bring the projects to life. So do they get a piece of the actual art as well? Like how does the, the sense of digital ownership actually play out on the platform? If the, if the idea is governance, that feels like you own a piece of the film in my mind. So governance is a way to help a, a, a creator have data to help them um, gain distribution. Governance is a way for fans to support a project and participate in helping that project come to life. But I like to say creators really care mostly about three things. They care about their idea, they care about raising the money they need for production, and they care about distribution. And their idea is their idea. And distribution is, those are, those are streaming services and broadcast networks and studios that all play in the distribution market space. And we consider ourselves a distribution enabler, but where we've worked very hard to build as many tools as possible is in funding. And depending on the different things you, funding solutions you use, you could possibly, uh, as a creator, you could launch an, uh, a, a reward-based crowdfunding campaign, kind of like a Kickstarter, and then you would receive a reward. You could launch an equity crowdfunding campaign that's only available to, um, to, to accredited investors and those investors would be equity stakeholders in your project. You could sell NFTs for your campaign. And since NFTs are basically a token that has a visual component and grants rights, the rights that are granted to you may give you certain, as an example, some projects, what they do is you get the right to see the project if you hold the NFT. And if you don't hold the NFT, you can't see the project. So there's a form of equity there kind of, which is I paid money for my NFT. I got my NFT and now I have the right to see my project. Additionally, on the platform, there are a growing number of tools that we're building for creators that will enable them to even have deeper relationships with fans, to offer fans 
rewards for performing tasks, for doing things for them, maybe even for participating in the construction of, of their ideas if the creator chooses to do that. As a little bit of a segue, Ian, because with the rise of the blockchain and Web3 space, to some people, they barely even know it exists, and yet we're already in a space where events are being run using NFTs and the blockchain. Your platform helps people create, produce, launch films and movies, and you're taking Hollywood by storm at the moment. But what you mentioned there actually speaks to a higher quality audience you're not necessarily going to get millions to billions of, of people but you will get some people that are going to contribute at a higher level in return for a higher level of access perhaps to the actors or the films or any other projects that happens speak to the idea of a higher quality supporter i guess you could say through the blockchain and nfts because i get the impression that if people contribute at a higher level in this system they get a higher level of access than they would currently let's say you, you buy a ticket to the cinema or the theater and you watch the film and that can be as literally as high as their contribution would go to the success or the distribution of the film what you described before makes me think of, well, this is so much higher. This is so much a higher level of engagement from the fan. Is that right? And do you think that is what films should be about at the moment? Well, I think that's a great question, although I half agree with one part of what you said, and I half disagree with the other part. You said not billions, maybe not even millions, but I absolutely think it's millions. I'll give you an example. There's a website out there called Fandom that has 340 million active monthly users. Those are much more engaged fans who want to dig deeper, know more, participate more. I think that as, I, I think a variety of things, I think that the relationship between fans and contents is of, and content is evolving. To what you said, used to be, I as a fan got to go to a theater. I got to pick what from, from what was already made, already distributed. I got to pay my dollars. And interestingly enough, I was funding the film because the, the majority of the money made for that film is made by one fan after another paying for their ticket in the movie theater. So they were not influencing distribution, not influencing what gets made, but they were definitely determining whether that project was successful or not. So our belief is, is that fans should be able to participate in a variety of different levels and that making film television should be a collaboration. And let's face it, there are millions of people out there in the world with these ideas, these beautiful voices that have these ideas for these amazing movies and TV series that can't 
participate, that don't know how to get into the existing system. And that's for me a sadness because I want to see what they want to make. I want, I want all the beautiful voices and all the beautiful ideas to have the chance to get made. And I think we think, uh, you said very at the beginning, I was the force behind this idea and I'm not. There is a, a founding team and then a, a whole team of amazing people that are all working very hard together to bring this, to, to bring this um, uh, dream and vision to life. And um, we think that the world will be better served if more people's voices can be heard for you know, lack of a better way to say it. So I believe there is a very large audience out there that once they learn that they now have an opportunity to participate through the entire ecosystem of making a project, that they will, that they'll want to. Remember, so for years, all we got to do was turn on the television or and watch the big show. We watched the people on the red carpet and we watched the premiere and all the lights. And if we were lucky enough, maybe we got to attend a premiere. Maybe if we were very lucky, we got to walk down a red carpet. But the truth is that was a world for a very small, narrow group of people. And why shouldn't the world be able to play, to have participation in helping creators? And the other thing is, and I believe this strongly, as the amount of people who can successfully bring their projects to life expands, a whole new group of people who never really even thought they had the right to even dream is going to emerge. And, you know, we've seen this happen over and over again, where marketplaces have evolved in a way to be more inclusive and allow a much greater number of people to be a part of a market space. So does it actually allow more people to have the access that they would like and the example that i tend to think about are things like comic-con where loads of highly committed fans you know i often joke about people dressing up as stormtroopers to go to comic-con and things like that so it does happen i'm not one of those people but it does happen where they go to events like that where they get very into the storylines they love the films does it allow more people to do those kinds of things? Does it ever go offline like Comic-Con and things like that? Or does it stay virtually? Just how far does this go and will more people get the chance to do that? Oh, I think it. I think eventually, I think it's a process. I think it takes time. I think eventually it goes everywhere. We at Filmio have a both virtual and brick and mortar mentality. You know, we're a platform where film and television gets made and part of serving our creators, our audiences is bringing as many brick and mortar as well as virtual tools onto the platform to help our creators. 
So as an example, we have a strategic partnership with a studio company that has that has or is building studios around the world. And those studio facilities will be available to our creators at a premium. So it's not just the digital world, it's the physical production world. And, you know, I'm sure you're aware that there are all kinds of interesting evolutions happening in production today. As an example, the Mandalorian, when they were filming the Mandalorian, they were literally doing post-production during principal photography. Yeah. Or that the most recent Disney Jungle Book, the whole movie which takes place in Africa was filmed on a sound studio in downtown Los Angeles. There's a variety of different things evolving in the production world to make production more accessible, less expensively to a much broader group of people, which will enable creators from all around the world to make high quality projects that haven't really been available before. Similar to that as well, Lee, and I found out just recently that the Batman film with Robert Pattinson and some of that was recorded in Liverpool, which is near where, where I'm from. So there's some weird and crazy things that are already happening. And I think that there's a lot of strangeness in that Batman's not set in the UK, but that was where some of it was filmed. So it's got a weird sense of it's a magical world out there already before filmio came out it's so much is going on so much is happening there's a whole ecosystem that's full of wonder and magic and so much that's happening before blockchain comes into it that got me excited to think about what's the potential of this does it get crazier are there some weird and wonderful things that are happening in the future for the film industry and hollywood and movies and cinema how far is this going to go well on june 10th they're bringing out the next uh, uh, uh maybe it's the last one or maybe it's the next jurassic park and this is the Jurassic Park where now all the dinosaurs are walking around the streets of everywhere. And we know that there are no dinosaurs actually alive today. At least that's what we think. And we're about to see a movie where it looks like there are dinosaurs everywhere. So, you know, um, one, of, one, of the, one of my favorite examples is, do you remember the um, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, version, The Gatsby? I you, have seen it, I think, but you have to jog my memory about what happens. Well, part of there's these amazing scenes of 1920s or 1930s New York City. And there's a making of or making of videos. I'm pretty sure I've seen them. I'm sure they're probably still on YouTube that show the, you know, the green screens that they built and this car would be driving down a road and you know there'd be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet 30 feet 50 feet tall of green screens where the car is driving down the road alongside a big green screen and then they built this whole ancient new york and it all looked real you know i, I mean 
our ability, Unreal Engine and what they're doing with, with three-dimensional backgrounds are literally changing our ability to see the difference between what's real and what isn't real. And if you've ever gone on to um, Unreal Engine's website and looked at what they're doing with people, I promise you, we are not that far away from there being movies with people and we just can't tell if they're real or not. And that's one of the things I think that is going to be very interesting and strange when there are, you know, um, uh, uh, 100% CGI people that look just like you and me, but they're not real. That's what I found really curious when I think it was Fast and Furious when unfortunately Paul Walker passed away before one of the films was fully made and they CGI'd his face onto his brother, I think I'm right in saying that, in order to, to finish the film. And you mentioned films that are 100% CGI. What does this do to the film industry? What does Filmio do? Does it compete with the cinema, movies, TV, streaming? How do you see Filmio slotting in? And do you see a massive shift in the industry as a whole? So, no, we're not a competitor. We're an enabler. On our platform, all of the content on our platform is original content. And, you know, I think the pandemic kind of got in the way of streaming expansion. But I think now that the pandemic seems to be easing, that we're going to start to see new streaming services and we're going to see genre specific streaming services like Shudder for horror, or we're going to see um, uh, location-based streaming services. We're going to see collection-based streaming services, the best, best example being Disney. And all of these streaming services are going to need to have original content because it's been proven that that's one of the things that keeps people on a streaming service is access to things they've never seen before. So we see Filmio as a place where distributors and licensors can come to find vetted, fan-supported um, uh, uh, original content. And the other half of your question is, yeah, I think like everything, the world will continue to evolve. And I don't know that, Here, here's an interesting one. So Board Ape Yacht Club sold their Board Apes and, and they did phenomenally well financially. And then it was announced just, I think, two weeks ago or a week ago that they're going to do a three movie series with Coinbase. And that if you own a Bored Ape yacht, you can submit your Bored Ape to be one of the characters in, in the content. So we're going to see the Bored Apes come to life on the screen that were born as NFTs. That's kind of new and different. And the other thing is, if you've been following Bored Apes, there's now Mutant Apes and there's the, I think the Ape Kennel Club and they continue to roll out NFTs. And one of the interesting things about these NFTs is if you buy it, you own 100% of the rights to it 
to use your character. So someone had a red ape and now they've started a red ape animated TV series. And there's a restaurant called Bored in Hungary opening in Southern California that's all bored ape, um, uh, uh, you know, based theme. And one of the things NFTs can do, and I think they will do, is I think they will broaden and expand the relationship between content and time, i.e., it used to be you went to the theater, you saw the movie. When the movie was done, you were done. Maybe you talked to your friends about it. Maybe you bought the DVD. Maybe you saw the movie a second time, but the relationship was somewhat finite. And I think with the way NFTs are going to be and are playing into content, the community that you build around your content can now go on and on and on, and you can create new things. You know, think about Star Wars as an example. George Lucas created this amazing universe. And then very recently, there was a movie called Rogue One. And Rogue One literally only focused on about four minutes of the first film. And yet it was a beautiful movie and it was a beautiful world that they created. And they showed you this important but never seen before moment that influenced everything that came after. And then one of the things that they did that I thought was genius was everybody died. So you didn't have to worry about the fact that none of these characters were in future movies or anything like that. So, you know, I, I think that we're going to see all kinds of what I call weirdness in the future as far as content and how people uh, connect to content and participate in content. And I was on an NFT panel recently and one of the other panel members was talking about a world they, they're building where if you own the NFTs, you have the right to participate in the creation of the storyline. So we're gonna see content that is actually born as a collective project, I think. I can picture that being a bit crazy. I mean, can you imagine someone going in and doing something off script on purpose because they've got some element of control over the movie? Like it starts off, <laughs> they're on some kind of planet and there's a problem that people are solving and someone goes in and just throws a spanner in the works completely just to go, how are we going to make this fit? I don't know, but we have to now. He's, he's submitted it. We have to figure out how this is all going to work. Well, okay, so I think the allegory to that is when you're building a movie today, your actors often come up with ad-libs during the filming that were never part of the script that make the script so much better. I think our facility for evolving things in real time always exi already exists. I just think we have the opportunity to take it even farther than we ever have before. Does this scale Ian, and I mean, I don't mean hundreds of thousands, I mean, there are some films that gross millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, does the idea of fully collaborative efforts and Web3 film, do you think that can hit the same level? I mean, picturing a film where 
hundreds of thousands to millions of people all have a say on the content and storyline and contribute in that bigger way to the actual content that seems at first pass to be a little messy yeah i don't know that i'd want to be on a film that had a million collaborators that sounds pretty crazy <laughs> to me um but I, I i think i wouldn't mind being on a film that had a thousand collaborators who knows you know uh, we as beings, human beings, have an amazing facility for finding ways to intelligently collaborate. I think we'll create new tools and I think there'll be processes built and I think we'll try a thousand things to see what's the right way to make projects that have a large collaborative group. I, I, I'm not worried at all. We, we you know, I mean, um, you know, I, I am a creator, not a technologist, but half of my founding team are technologists. And because I work in a business which is very development and technology based, I have had to learn how to use all the developers tools, like Jira as an example which the first time I got on Jira, I was like, ah, kill me, I don't want it. And you know, now I don't even think twice about it because it is a good tool that helps make the development process more streamlined and easier. What projects do you have at the moment that are particularly unique? You gave a lot of examples before of certain strategies and the ways that films can be created on your system. Do you have anything that comes to mind? Yeah, one of the things is, is you know, um, we have been actively demonstrating and showing our platform to, um, you know, influential people within the movie industry for a couple of years now. And part of our view of the world was always that we would be bringing on to the platform these traditional film funding sources like high net worth individuals and film funds and equity groups and studios. And one of the tools that we've uh, um, have been building is a um, artificial intelligence machine learning matchmaking tool that will bring these financiers, these licensors and distributors together with the creators of the types of films and TV shows that, that fit within their wheelhouse. It does speak to the the idea that it is going to get so much bigger the potential of the film industry to be completely transformed is is quite high a lot of the things that you've mentioned makes me picture some films that are actually co-created and when they're released they actually change the people that watch it because i found that the things that i have a handle on I feel more connected with, I feel closer to, and I feel almost cathartic when they're released. It's like the pleasure that you get from being a part of something so much bigger than yourself and then seeing it 
reach fruition and everything that comes along with that that's so much more emotional so much more impactful than a film that you barely even knew existed and played no part in the creation of it is that how you see all films happening and how do you picture this going so I never say all about anything because I don't think it'll ever all be anything. I think the film industry will in some way stay the same. I think there will be evolutions. I think there will be new ways of doing things. You know, part of my response to your question is one of my favorite things that I get to do is I get to talk to filmmakers and I get to see the passion and the excitement and the joy that they have about their idea. I always joke that you have to be just a little bit insane to want to make a movie. It's a challenging endeavor to, to bring these projects to life and to make them and to make things that create an emotional response in people, the kind of thing that you were talking about. And... The, for me, one of the things I love to say about Filmio is it is a celebration of the creative journey because filmmakers have all this passion and historically all of the joy and the passion and the heartbreak and the, and the journey has been, you know, at best summed up in a making of, but for the most part, most people haven't been exposed to it. And I think that's a part of this journey that everybody is curious about. Everybody wants to see. And for myself, having talked to thousands of filmmakers and, and listened to their struggles and listened to their, 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 their heartbreak as well as their joy and, and their experience, it's, it's magical. Like, just like somebody who wakes up in the morning and they say, I'm going to make, I'm going to go out and I'm going to design and create and raise the money to make, a to build a restaurant because I love to cook for people and I love the way food tastes and I love the way food looks. Passion and love for an idea needs to be a globally shared experience. It will lift people up whose current lives don't include any part of that joy of development and how frustrating must it be for all these people out there in the world who want to be a part of something but they can't if filmio is able to open up this world for people who have never had a chance to participate before then we have succeeded and my life is more fulfilled and happier and and i think that that's a a a a noble reason for doing a thing if it's okay with you ian i'd love to get into the weeds a little bit in terms of some of the technology and infrastructure that's actually involved because people from the outside might go oh well I'll get this NFT or I'll invest in this and everything else is behind the scenes or put together without 
them really knowing or seeing it all happen what happens behind the scenes you have access to technologies and warehouses for recording and what's the infrastructure like well one of the things i love about the blockchain is that part of the very nature of the blockchain is transparency and in in our world we kind of look at three personas or four personas, three now, but we're going to be adding a fourth and they are fans, creators, and investors. So in our world for creators, it's a place where you can come and you can collaborate with investors and fans to prove that your project is worthy and to create momentum, raise funds and do the things you need to do to get your project made for investors. It's a place where there is financial transparency, where your investments are protected and how your money is spent is, is, is visible. For fans, it's a place where they can come and they can interact with and find out more and participate in the journey and even have influence over what gets made. This is far different than the current entertainment world that exists, and we use blockchain we use cryptocurrency we have fan tokens and film tokens we use um uh a decentralized autonomous structure to uh create shared governance over what projects get made through our fan token and when you say behind the scenes well we have developers who are actually you know writing the code and and that's kind of behind the scenes, you know, uh, uh, working on the blockchain and developing these tools that become available to, uh, you know, creators, fans and investors to collaborate to make these projects. Um, we leverage artificial intelligence. We leverage machine learning. Um, we do a variety of things to improve the, the, the or, or present the tools that we believe creators need to help make their projects. And like I said, we have a very both online and offline view of the world because production happens in both arenas. We have a partner and what this partner does is it's a, a, a bunch of former Navy SEALs and they use something called photogrammetry. And what they do is they go to a World Heritage site like Machu Picchu and they make a pixel perfect 3D rendering of Machu Picchu. So that now if you're a filmmaker, instead of having the huge expense of flying your cast and your director to Machu Picchu to shoot Machu Picchu, you can now just do it on green screen, which saves money. And it also makes it, an, it more available to a larger amount of filmmakers than having to physically go to Machu Picchu to do it. And these guys are creating these 3D renderings of World Heritage Sites all over the world. So, you know, we're going to be making those 3D environments available to the creators on our platform at a premium to help them 
not only make the projects they want to make, but expand their vision of what's possible. And, you know, the, the creating these pixel perfect 3D renderings is all being done in the background with a very advanced form of photography that's mostly drone based. And, uh, you know, there are computer algorithms and all kinds of things, but it's, again, it's how technology is influencing production. I want to thank you for explaining that because some of it can be almost too simple for some people or complicated but explained in such a way where may not fully connect the dots for those that are listening or wanting to learn. So it's interesting that you're creating the 3D renders a lot of it's done through drones and advanced photography and then it's green screens and uh, machine learning you mentioned as well so it's all interesting for those that are interested in the the technology side and i think it's just worth covering because for some it's like oh so i just get this token and then it all magically happens and it's all great and everyone comes away happy and fulfilled from doing it. It's good to hear from you what goes on when everything's sort of paid for or invested in or supported. And it's good to hear what happens next. Well, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the film industry, back in the early 1900s, it was really hard to make a movie back then. And they didn't have any of the technology that we have today. It's always been hard work to make beautiful things. It, all we're talking about is a advance in the tools that are available today. But remember, we were talking about the Gatsby, where that was green screen and CGI embellishment and things like that, where today you have pixel perfect 3D renderings of huge pieces of, of, of the world that are 100% digital. Who knows tomorrow? I mean, I, there was a, I forget the name of the movie, but there was a recent movie with Halle Berry where the moon came very close to destroying the earth. And there was literally this scene where the moon is like circling and it's like literally almost touching the earth and breaking buildings and houses and things and that was very strange and it looked surreal and real at the same time i you know one of the things i love i, I love to say is man can't think of anything that can't actually potentially happen and then i follow that statement up with aliens I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we might wake up someday and there might be some crazy ass shit going on. You know, there, there might be, you never know. It's interesting is if you put limits on the way that we think, there's always potential for it to actually happen because we're not limitless in a way, even if the ceiling's very high, we must think about it possibly coming true otherwise you wouldn't have the thought to begin with would we no look at uh you know james cameron has uh just been such an influential filmmaker in in my lifetime and things like avatar and things like aliens crazy i think i think it's becoming a very very fast-paced interesting surreal world especially in the world of film because it already is but i think with 
your platform we actually have a handle on the process and we can actually see how all of the magic takes place and i'm excited to see how the future pans out for yourselves and do you have any parting words for us any words of wisdom any insights i would just say that you know um i look forward to a world where everyone can play where if you have a dream that you have access to the same tools as the long-term expert filmmakers where you can find help and support to learn the things you don't know but that that we as a viewing world have the opportunity to see these amazing projects that you bring to life. And I also kind of love the way that content is being influenced by NFTs. But when I say NFTs, what I'm really talking about are far more engaged, engaged communities around content. Very, very nice way to round off the interview, Ian. So how can people find out more about you? Well, we're really excited to be the first filmmaking DAO and to begin the process of handing governance over to the people by placing the Hollywood decision-making onto the blockchain and into the hands of creators and fans. That is our mission. That is how we work. And um, I invite everyone listening to this podcast to head over to uh, film.io. That's the website and to register and to join us on this amazing journey that we're on. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Ian, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I really appreciate it. You've been a wonderful host. If you want to join a group of like-minded people that are all out to achieve their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, and they get the help and support from me and the other members, then my inner circle is for you. There's a link in the description for this episode to get two months free of the inner circle. So you set your membership up, you get two months free access. Hopefully I'll see you there and I look forward to helping you on your journey of achieving the life that you want.